0: For days? will be here in two just, weeks,
1: so we'll keep it quiet.
0: If he asks me if you know, two weeks, I said all the great things about him. he was, no, I said, no, he's a great guy to work with. He is the Energizer Bunny, and um, I feel like he has cameras, like, everywhere. <laughs> Not in a bad way, but just, like, somehow he knows what you're doing. I don't know. Maybe it's just some, I don't know. But, um, yeah, so I'm grateful to be back here. Um, Pastor Heather asked me to help with the Great Lakes Women's District thing, and I was like, sweet, a reason to just come up here and wing out with the family. Um, Because anyone that knows me uh, knows that most of my family isn't saved yet, so I kind of just adopt family wherever I want. And a long time ago when I was in master's, Mamaw and Gampa were like, you're calling me Mamaw and Gampa. And so, ever since then, me and Trey, um, one of Pete and Heather's nephews, have been close and everything like that. So, um, a couple of things before I get started, I wanted to touch on those little daily bread things. Okay, so, I have to, I'm a millennial, technically, so we're great, just by the way. Anyways, um... I was in the regional office, and our secretary, Mary, she is, I'm not going to tell her age, but she's been there for a while. She's a staple. She, like, holds it all together. I said, Mary, what is this little piece of bread? And we, like, are, I'm looking at it, and it didn't say anything, and then I started pulling them out. I'm like, oh, it's verses, Mary. I'm going to read you one every morning when I come in. And so I sat it in my office. I think it broke, so I had to throw it away, but I sat it in my office, and for a while, I read it every morning to her. And so, I grew up Catholic, so we didn't do that. But, so I read those every morning to her. So, it was a blessing to us. Okay, you can still get them online. I'm just not going to do that. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. And then, um, I don't know, what was her name that was up here? Sherry. Sherry already shared what I wanted to share because I didn't need to. But I will tell you one thing about the pastors. And not just because... They pay music, to they um, your pastors are the most giving people I've ever met in my life. And that's reflected by their parents that have shown them how to give and different things and other influences in God. There's not many people I was working on my sermon last night, just kind of going through stuff, and Heather was singing in the office beside me, and Pastor Peeps comes in with his headphones on, singing worship music, back to me the car. And he looks at me, he's like, am I bothering you? He's like, no, the church has got to get clean Pastor." And I don't know how many senior pastors would be willing to just clean their church, you know. Um, and that's how it's always been with them. They've known me for over 15 years of my life when I was just a little kid. And they have shown that love and compassion towards every person. It doesn't matter what walk of life you are in. It doesn't matter if you go to their church regularly. It doesn't matter if you're the biggest giver in your church. They treat every person the same. And I appreciate that about them so, so much. And so this is not me just boasting them to be like, hey, you should appreciate them this month. I feel you should appreciate them every month. Um, and if you do need any ideas on where they like to eat, I know all the great places they like. So you can come see me at this church. So I just wanted to touch on that real quick. Um, And I did want to mention one other thing. When you were talking about people in the faith that have been there, you know, and um, Pastor John and everything, I just have to say it is so great to see Leon today. Like, Leon is my heart. Like, I love that man. He was so influential in my life when I was here as the youth pastor. And he does it for the glory of God. And, like, I'm getting emotional. Like, I feel like he's my grandfather and I was so happy to see him this morning. And um, to see that you're doing well and better in everything. So praise God for that. But those are the people, men and women aside, but we are just a special place in my heart. He, he really just loved me. And when I came in, I didn't realize that just loved him. But those people we need to um, honor and respect and be a part of in our lives. Amen. It's very important that I can't be seen here as a woman of God, who's only 31 years old, if it wasn't for the men and women that went before me, so. All right, there we go. Pastor didn't tell me when you guys are in church, so I kind of can go tell me I want. So I'm just kidding. I don't talk long. I like to talk. Long. Okay, let's just pray real quick, and then we're gonna get started here. Father, I just thank you for this time together. I thank you for um, just bringing family together, one another, um, and I pray that you speak your word. That it's nothing about myself or what I have to say, but it's all about you, God. And I pray that we receive that today, Jesus, um, and that you'll just go before us. And we'll give you all glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. So, my sermon title, I was trying to figure it out. And it sounds a little, like, harsh, but I don't mean it to. And it's Stay in Your Lane. Yeah, so it's, it's got a great point, I promise. But I feel it's really important for us to just nip it in the bud that comparison is terrible. Okay, comparison will kill your joy. Comparison will kill everything in your life. If you compare yourself to each other, it just it stinks. And I can't say any more about that than that. So we're going to go over a few things this morning on ways to help us not compare ourselves to others, right? Because if I compare myself to destiny and where I was in life, it'd be like two different stories, right? So destiny's purpose is her purpose, and Jen's purpose is Jen's purpose, right? So all of our purposes are different for a greater calling that we want to be in together, so... I want to start in Luke 18, 9 through 14. Now, I may be one of the only millennials that carries a real Bible, but for some reason, I don't know who said it to me when I was in youth. I feel it's so important because what if my phone dies? So, you should carry a real Bible. But pull your phones out if you have the Bible app, and let's do that. So, Luke 18, 9 through 14 is where we're going to start. All right, I'm going to start. It says, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves, and they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one Pharisee and the other tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed, thus, God, I think, when I think of a Pharisee, I think they're like, they put their shoulders back and they're like, all proper. So I feel like I need to read it like that. So it's like, God, I thank you that I am like no other man, unjust, adulterous, or even like this, tax collector. And when I think of a Pharisee saying that, they're like, tax collector. So I I just, I feel that for some reason. I fast twice a week. I give tithes all that I get. But the tax collector, is standing far off, would it, or would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, I am a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to the house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. I think that kind of speaks for itself, almost, of saying, like, you know, you heard the saying, what you do in the secret, you'll be rewarded great in the in the big, but what you do in the big, you know, your reward may not be as great, because you're not doing it for yourself, or for unto God, you're doing it for man, and you want someone to see what you're doing, and that's why it's so important, and sometimes it seems like Pastor Pete, or Heather, or you and myself, we, we're like no don't talk about it it's because we don't do it for the glory of ourselves, right We do it for the glory of God I I can attest that I'm sure Pastor Pete and Heather could go do multiple other things I, I remember Pastor Pete saying he used to want to be a sports broadcaster and I'm sure that pays better than a pastor I'm just being real this morning so please bear with me I have a heart that is humble that loves all of you but he could be doing something else, but that's not what he's called to be. Right. So he's called to lead his sheep, to lead his flock. You guys here. And he does it because he loves you, not because of the reward that he's going to get. He does it because he wants to make a difference in your life. And he wants you to know the one true God that he knows in his life. And so that's so important. So I feel that there are four things. That if we start reminding ourselves, that would help us know what Papa God has called us to be. Okay, four things, and then we're going to go into a couple of other things. But the first thing is, remember, God chose to create you for only a purpose that you can fulfill. God chose to create you for only a purpose that you can fulfill. And I know that it's been said, and it says that God will use someone else if you're not doing the purpose that God feels that you should be doing, but it won't be done in the same way God intended it to be, right? So God intended Willis for a purpose to do something that only he could fulfill. Now, he could use his wife Tina for that instead, but God chose Willis. He made Willis in his mother's womb to do that purpose to what God has created him to be and to do. And that's so important that just because someone else can do the same thing you're doing, maybe at the same rate that you're doing it or things like that, it's important that you know in your mind that God created you. Okay, He took time and picked every hair on your head, every finger, every toe, everything, even if you have 11 toes. He picked 11 of them instead of 10 for a purpose. You may not know that purpose, but for a purpose he intended for you to have. So that doesn't mean that any other person is less than the other, right? It just means we're all designed and called to do something else for each other and for the kingdom. Number two, if we realize we all have different strengths and weaknesses, things would be better. So 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 8 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardship, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, I am strong. And wasn't that so great when the Lord spoke through Pastor Freeman, Pastor John, about that weakness? And I didn't even share with anyone what I was really talking about in that. Definitely not with Papa, but he was great. And and, and how God worked and orchestrated that is if we... Understood, my strengths are different than any of your other strengths here. Just because I'm here preaching does not mean that I'm with these knees or the best thing ever, right? Your purpose in your workplace, even if it's not in the ministry, your purpose as a doctor, your purpose as a cleaner, as a waitress of whatever, those are strengths that I can't do. Just like my weaknesses are my weaknesses, But instead of hiding and brushing those weaknesses under a rug, I need to embrace someone that is better at those things than I am. So, like, talking about different events and things, I am a planner. I like things organized, and I will make sure you stay on budget if you want me to make sure you stay on budget. Numbers excite me. I know that sounds really lame, but I like staying on the budget. But I am not a big-picture person where Sean Stanley, I'm part of a student ministries team, right? So we plan your elevates and your camps that your youth go to and different things like that. And just to touch real quick, I guess, to plug that, is that the reason why we're having it in Pittsburgh is we really want to involve our New York churches back into Elevate, and they used to drive, like, a whole day to come all the way to Columbus. So we're trying to make it more centrally located. Um, it's not because they're all Steelers fans, because I'm not, because I don't really care for them. But... <laughs> It's okay. We, we love football. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but that's why we're having it there because we really want to involve all the churches in our region that we can. So back to what I was saying. But Sean's strengths are a big picture. He can envision the event and see all of these different things that need to be orchestrated for it. And I'm the one that comes in beside him, lifting up an arm saying, okay, but this is the logistics we need for this. We need these waivers for this and this, this, and that. And those are my strengths. So where my weaknesses are, he steps in. And where his weaknesses are, I step in. And that's what our whole team does. So if we started stepping in with each other, and you see this thing where everyone's arms are lifted, someone else is helping lift someone else's arms, right? So that's so important when we're in the ministry. And it's not even as a full-time person in the ministry. Your ministry is you coming to church on a Sunday. It encourages Pastor P that you're here in the church service saying amen. Or you're here on a Wednesday night being faithful, helping with the kiddos. You know, something that made my heart so glad, and I told Tina about it the other day, and I'm just starting to call out all kinds of random things, is Tina's act of kindness, not to be seen at the women's conference, not to do anything, but she just come out there, okay, what do you need? And she would just ask, and you would say, okay, I need this. Nope, didn't need any recognition for it, didn't need any praise for it or anything. But she came alongside seeing where I needed help in those moments when I was helping out there and came and helped me with that, you know. And that's so important that we have each other in those moments. Comparison kills our joy. Comparison kills our joy. Stay in your lane. Let's continue on, okay? So back to the weakness part, okay? It's okay not to be okay in moments, right? I think that's taboo a little bit. Um, something that's coming more prominent and known. At, I'm a manager at a Chick-fil-A, okay? Go Chick-fil-A, I love it. Sorry we're closed on Sundays, we're still one, one. Um one. But mental health is very important and crucial to us at our, at least at our work establishment, right? I do all the orientations and talking to the people and making sure they know that we care about them more than just the position they fill. So I live in Dayton, right? And I don't know, some of you might have heard about the shooting that happened in the Oregon district by me, okay? That person who was the shooter is from the city where my Chick-fil-A is at, So a lot of our workers went to high school with him, and so my um, owner, Marla, she found it so important that she knows I'm a pastor, I'm on staff with her. I wasn't working one day, and I came in just to assess, just to make sure our our students are doing okay, just to make sure, you know, in in different areas, because some of them were friends with him, right, or his sister, you know, and different things like that, and that's so important that you know it's okay not to be okay. What's not okay is to stay there. Right? So it's it's okay not to be okay, but what are we doing to move forward to help get out of that place? Right? Are we seeing a counselor? Because that's not taboo, right? I see a counselor. Okay? I'll be the first to admit, I'm, I'm standing here in front of you as a pastor, as a woman who works, does her own thing, lives and does everything by herself, I see a counselor because it's important for me to see someone that can talk to, that I can talk to about things that are going on in my life, that can maybe help prescribe something to me if I needed it. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's not okay to stay in that place. So it's important to go seek help in those areas. Pastor Pete knows plenty of people that could help you if he can that can help guide you in that. So it's okay to embrace your weaknesses. It's not okay to stay in that pit and wait for someone to pull you out. You need to pull yourself out of that pit. Number three, and this is something that's really important. If we grasp a hold up, it will change your whole perspective. That to choose compliments over comparisons. Easier said than done, right? Like, our mind goes negative, like, yeah, quick. But when you shift your mind to think of the goodness for others, it makes your day better. It may be as simple as just not saying what you wanted to say and just shaking your head like this because you don't have anything good to say about my life, but it's not saying that out because – what you may or may not believe, it's true. It, it harms people. The words that people speak, it puts something into someone else's mind that makes them feel they're not worth enough. And it puts something in your perspective, in your mind, that you're never going to be that person. But you were never intended to be that person in the first place. So that's so important to remember God intended you for a purpose and a calling and for something that he wanted you to do. But when you shift your mind and you stop speaking death down to someone or belittling someone, then it changes your atmosphere. And let's be real. You're jealous of them. I'm, I'm the first to admit I've done it, and it's because I was jealous of where they were at. And that's not doing anything for us, right? So I challenge you. This next week, I used to give challenges to our youth group all the time, and I made them report back to me the next week. I'm not going to do that. But if you want to report back to me, please, by all means, you can. But I challenge you to just speak live. When you feel yourself about to say something mean, just say delete. Just delete. And then don't say it. Just say it. Or if you do say something, apologize for it because there's reverence in apologizing and there's honor in apologizing in different things, right? I can admit my faults and my wrongs and I had to really work at that at my job at Chick-fil-A of that I can't approach every one of my team members the same way. That I'm really to the point, let's get this done. I don't need you to be whining about how I talked to you in that moment because I was just asking you to do your job. But in those moments, sometimes I need to have a little grace and Remember, okay, your feelings are just as important. So even if I feel I didn't do something wrong in that situation, I still can't neglect how it made them feel in that moment. And that's really important, right? So it's important to know that everyone has different feelings, everyone operates differently, and that we need to be together as one to know that, okay? Number four, and this is a really big one, okay? We must... (coughs) We must rely on God's opinion and not others. Point blank. We must rely on God's opinion of us and not others' opinions of us. That's way easier said than done, okay? I've been there, okay? I have chosen to turn my eyes back on the one who created me to give me peace in those moments. So when you remember those times, I, I can't go to Instagram or Twitter and get my my relief or anything, because you keep searching for it if you do it that way, or your spouse, or your friends, or anything like that. If I was to do that, I'm definitely not the norm. I'm 31 years old, I'm single, female, that does everything on my own, and I've gotten, grown accustomed to that, Right? But it's it's so important in that moment that I still need to turn my eyes back to God and see where my strength comes from. It's so important that I remember that I can't do this on my own. And I'm not where I'm at because of Jen's good wills and Jen's good doings. I'm where I'm at because of the grace of God on my life. That's important. If you remember back in... Genesis with Adam and Eve, right? And it talks about them in the garden. They chose to rely on man's answers, right? And do you you guys remember what God said? God said, who told you you were naked, right? So if they relied back on what God was saying, they would have never known. But instead, they saw saw out the serpent, you know, man, and, and what they should be and what they should do. And that's who let them know they were naked, the knowledge of that. And I think it's so important that we even take that little scenario that God was just kind of like, "Hey, He's real." God's like, "I feel like God talks to me on a level of just like people talk to me because I don't think He's like this God looks like way up there. I mean, I don't know where He is. He's right here, maybe. Who knows, right? But God's just like, "Who told you that? Like, who? Who told you we weren't born thinking we were too fat? We weren't born thinking." we weren't very intelligent right we weren't born thinking this or that about ourselves someone said something to us along the way that made us feel that and that hurts my heart that someone told you along the way that you weren't worthy enough or you weren't loved enough or you weren't enough for whatever it is and it's hard to backtrack those feelings and those things But we need to make sure that we're turning back to what God says. And the best place to start is here, in the scripture. Go to Psalms. Psalms, what a lot of people don't remember, and if anyone remembers me as a youth pastor, I would always say this, is Psalms was written by everyday people like you and me. That it was someone who got up in a church service, stood up, spoke what God was speaking to them in that moment, and that's what's written down. Now, some of the Psalms is written by David, right? But let's take David's life, right? It's not that great, like. but God turned it around for something great. But Psalms was written by everyday people like me and you. And there's a part of Psalms that's called lamenting. And I feel it's so important to remember that. Like, yes, we come to God when we're happy, go lucky, everything's great. That's when it's easy. But when it's not easy, it's very important that you lament to God, which basically means I'm telling God how I feel no matter how I feel. So, God, I'm po because that's as far as I can go from the pulpit when I say that. But I'm very mad right now, Lord. This is why and this is what's going on. And I'm so frustrated with these things. But what shifts in that lament is at the end, you put the praise back to him. That's the important part. Because then if you're just complaining, it's just complaining. It's not lamenting. So at the end, you say, But I know you are good, Lord. I know you can provide everything that I need. I know that you are stronger than my situation of what I'm going through. And I know that you will provide. And that's so important to remember. When you're lamenting, don't make sure it's just not complaining.
1: I'm going to go to the uh, G pad.
0: I feel like there's one thing that could maybe be the cure to comparison, right? And we're going to go into a couple of things. Those were my four points, but bear with me just a little bit longer. If you want to, like, shout back out at me, that's fine, too. Good. You know, whatever you want to do. But there's something that is the cure for comparison and some things that are going to help us stay on the road. And I'm not speaking from somewhere that doesn't understand comparison. I am a full-blown example of what comparison can look like because I've done it in my own life. And it's frustrating that I let myself get to a place that was so hurt and so needing to compare myself to others that it took me years to remember who God created me to be because I sought out that in other people, right? I saw out what I should be and what I shouldn't be because of where I'm at in life. But the cure for comparison comparison is you must recognize your own calling. You must recognize your own calling. Once we've learned this, then we become the people who have discovered the secret that it's really hard to be distracted with comparison when you're captivated by your own calling. So when you're focused on what your own calling is, not what what Bob's or Jim's or whoever over here's calling is. When you're focused on your own calling, you don't have time to compare yourself to others because you're focused on what God's called you to be and to do. One of my favorite scriptures is in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 and it says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Let's run the race with perseverance that's marked out for us. So we all have races that are marked out for us. So I like sports. We're gonna go to sports. I'll probably go to the Women's Bible study tonight, but I'm gonna go little early. Go watch sports with my buddy Pete. No, I'm kidding, I'll stay. He'll record it so we can watch it later. But I used to watch sports with him every Sunday. It made Heather happy and it made Pete happy. So like We'd sit there, Heather, and the kids would be sitting with us. It worked out, right? Um, okay, I guess I'm Anyway, so sports. An Olympic runner, when they're running and everything, they don't run like this. They're like, hey, what are you doing over here with me? Why are you right there beside me? No, they're focused on that end goal. Maybe every once in a while they check to see where someone is, right? And they don't celebrate too early, except for that one name of that one guy celebrating too early, and that guy passes him. But they don't usually do that, right? So they're focused on where they're going. And I don't know how far I can go, so I'm just going to go to here. But they're focused on where they're going, and they're focused staying in their lane and their lines and everything. They're not running like this. Right? (laughs) So it's really important to remember that. They keep their eyes on the prize. And for them in that moment, for purpose sakes of, like, this illustration is the finish line is their prize. okay? And they stay in their lane, okay? If one thing you remember today, you're going to remember that you need to stay in your lane. My daddy always tells me, he's not, I say it like he's passed away. He's not passed away, but my daddy always says, Jennifer, you need to run your own railroad. If you run your own railroad, stop worrying about my railroad, then we'd be all right. So, all of us need to run our own railroad. Okay, so, tap your neighbor and say, stay in your lane. In your yeah. lane. Okay, remember this. I'm going to say it a lot of other times here. So, stay in your lane. If there's one thing you remember, stay in your lane, okay? Your lane is this, to keep your eyes on Jesus and follow him. Simple. We try to complicate things too much, right? Oh, but if I just do this, and no, it's that simple. Keep your eyes on Jesus and follow him. He will not lead you the wrong way. Man can sometimes lead you the wrong way, but if you're following Jesus, he'll lead you the right way. And I'll tell you one thing that I know that a shadow of a doubt, someone who listens to the Holy Spirit and follows what they do is Pastor Pete and Pastor Heather. I know they follow Jesus because I see it firsthand. And I remember staying at Mamaw and Gampa's house when we'd be in Masters at their place. And I know they followed Jesus because of what was shown to them. And Gampa would just be singing Jesus' culture down in the basement, on his knees, and just praising the Lord. And if there was one example of a man who, like, stayed in his lane always, almost to a fault sometimes, right, it was Gampa. Like, he always stayed in his lane. He was like in some kind of other la la, like Holy Spirit area. Yeah. Like, if you got too close to him, you would just feel the Holy Spirit, right? So you'd be in the lanes too, just like dancing with it. But yeah, anyways, so side track moment. But fix your eyes on Jesus and follow him. Your pastors are following Jesus and what the calling is for this church and that thing. And if you feel that you need to discuss something with them, talk to them. They're open. I know they're open to talk to things because I call them, like, monthly about things that I have going on. They're mentors in my life. So don't worry about what someone else is doing in their lane. God has marked out your own lane, so keep your focus on him. Don't worry about what he's calling John or Jim to do. That has nothing to do with you. We need to follow Jesus. I'm going to go through a couple of different things that make ourselves try to compare each other sometimes. So what's that to you that she, that person thinking, that she can manage five kids while keeping her house clean, affording Starbucks daily, and reading a book a week? Stay in your own lane, follow him. She is a robot. No, I'm kidding. She's not a robot. Sometimes some people can do that. One of my favorite examples of someone that runs a really great house, and she's going to hate me, is Heidi. She is an amazing woman of God, first of all, and I like using examples because I feel like if we see that everyday real people here in our sanctuary, it makes it like we can do it ourselves, right? So Heidi is someone that I aspire to be, okay? She's just wonderful and great, and I just love her, and she doesn't have five kids, but man, does she have some crazy ones. (laughs) What's that to you That he doesn't even study For a test But still aces the test And you study your butt off And you barely pass Stay in your lane and follow Jesus My brother did that all the time And I would get so annoyed growing up Because I really had to study for a test And I wouldn't even Sometimes I will not even pass the test i get so mad because he just walked in and be like, did you do i I'm like, all right, fine, Lord. I'll stay in my lane, and I'll follow you, what you have for my life. Kim's got a big house, nice car, handsome husband, 2.5 kids, a golden retriever, and a great job. That has nothing to do with you. You need to stay in your own lane and follow Jesus. Her life Whoever Kim is, I don't know. I just picked a random name. I try to pick names of people I knew that weren't in the sanctuary. (laughs) I don't know if there's a Kim that's newly here or anything, so I do apologize, but I'm not comparing myself to you. But it's important that we remember, because if I compared myself to what a woman my age should be, I would be in the pit all the time. My life is different than someone else's life. My calling is different than someone else's calling. I may be 31 years old, but I am still a millennial because I'm on that part. And we are great. I hate the media. I hate the media saying how terrible millennials are. We are not terrible. We may be misguided in some moments. Don't get me wrong. We may be misguided, but we're looking for truth. And the truth starts with you. So if you give us the truth, then we're going to be here, right? If you give us what truth is, we want to stay here. But if you don't give us truth, we're going to seek it somewhere else. And I can say that because I know. I was a college pastor. I'd only get some of those students for one week, and I had to make an impact. And that impact that I wanted to make on them was love. And that is the most important thing that we can do as Christians is unconditionally love each other no matter what the cost. No matter what we're going through or what they may look like or what they may act like or who they may like. It is our job to only love them through everything. We're in the back engine, sorry. So our lane is to follow Jesus. That's it. Our lane is to follow Jesus. So when you think that you're going to look sideways or anything like that, just remember, follow Jesus and what he has for you. If you think you need Jesus plus something or someone else in another lane to be happy or satisfied, you haven't seen Jesus in the Bible yet. And may I be so brave, and I didn't ask for Pete's approval for it, but I'm going to step on some toes, that if you feel you need something or someone else besides Jesus, you've never truly met him. You've never truly known his love. For you you've never truly i felt his presence i still feel his presence too, right now right and in that moment i was so overwhelmed that i just had to sit in his presence and what he had for me and i can remember the times where i really needed jesus in my life and i really needed his compassion and his love for things when i messed up Or when I was just going through a lot of work and just going through a lot of different things, I needed to rest in his presence. If you haven't found that place of resting in him, I challenge you to take time to just sit and soak in his presence. Turn on some music, of worship music, and everyone feels like sometimes you don't need music. Yes, sometimes you do, right? That's how you can get into the presence of the Lord. He created it for a purpose and a reason to just love on him and let him love on you. Take into that secret place. I think it's important. Everyone in their house establishes a secret place. And you may be like, Jenny, what is a secret place? A secret place is solely devoted to where you go with your time with God. So I live in a one-bedroom apartment. So I have a closet. That is all my Chick Fil A clothes because I think they smell weird, so I don't keep them with my regular clothes. But it also partners as my prayer closet, and I have stuff hung up on there, just prayers, different things. And I open that door up when I want to you know, have my time with the Lord and I put on worship music, things like that. I feel it's so important. If you establish a place in your house like that, it makes you want to do that more. And it kind of makes you see it more. So if it's a closet that you know you're going to open, like, oh, I need to spend time with the Lord because I see all my stuff there. But it's really important to have that spot, you know, and You know, we have that with work, like work is our workplace, but home is home. That's why it's called home. So that's why you need to have a prayer closet or you need to have a secret place because it's just as important as your home. And it can just be a little nook. It doesn't have to be a closed off area. It could be a desk or just a little piece like this. But it's so important to have a prayer closet so you make sure that you're going to spend time with the Lord, right? The beauty of the gospel is that even without stuff, even without the talents we have, the approval, good looks, money, or whatever you think it is, you are still loved unconditionally by a God, the God, and he has marked out a lane for you. So you may feel that you don't have a lane. Everyone has a lane. Think of the biggest track in the whole entire world. I like to think of the... Like nine highway thing in Europe? Is that in Europe? I forget where it's at. But yes, is that Europe? Germany, sorry. Germany, but I was thinking, like, yeah, whatever. It's like nine lanes. Think of that like times trillions. Everyone has their own lane that they can run. And some people will go really fast on that journey, which is fine. But maybe your pace is just a little slower because you're in the presence of the Lord and walking at the pace that God has marked for you. Just because they may finish their race first doesn't mean that you're in last place. This isn't a place race. It's a race that we all have different stories that relate to the kingdom as a whole that we're going to be together for, Right? So it's important that your story is different than someone else's story. Charles Spurgeon used to say that if you are not content with what you have now, you won't be satisfied even if it were doubled because you haven't yet realized that Jesus is all you need. So if you're not content with what you have now, you wouldn't be content if God gave you double what you have. So sometimes the word content gets like a, a parallel meaning of bad. Like, I'm content with where I'm at. I don't feel it's bad to say I'm content in the season I'm in because it's okay to be in that season. And contentment isn't just saying, like, oh, I'm just. It's easy. Contentment is, I am content with where God has me in this moment, but I'm excited for where he's going to take me next. So when your mind shifts to that thinking, then you can step into the new season that God has you in. First, as Christians, we need to remember how good God has been to us. We have to come to the point where if Jesus died for us, and that's all he did, that that was enough, that Jesus is enough, even if that's all he did. And we all good and well know that's not all Jesus did for us, right? So we get to, who else lets you completely sin against them and come back to them? Like, who else does that? No one. No one does that. I'm not saying, like, this is a free pass to go and send your life away because, You won't get the same great reward in heaven if you do that. It says that in scripture. You can go read it. But who allows us to make mistakes and still come back to him, right? And that's so important to know that he's not a one-and-done type of God. He's not someone that says, oh, Jen, well, you've done this, this, and that in your life. So you're not going to get to be me. It's not He's a God that is enough for every situation and every circumstance and everything that you have and need. So when you realize Jesus is enough, and if all he did was die on that cross for you, that was enough for us. But he does more than that. And that's so great that he does. In John 21, verses 20 through 22, it says, Peter turned and saw the disciples whom Jesus loved following them. When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, What about this? Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the part of that scripture that I get out of that is stay in your lane. (laughs) You follow me. Don't worry about if that brother or sister isn't following me. You stay in your lane. You follow me. The only thing you can do for that brother or sister is pray that they come follow me because you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Okay. You can lead them down whatever path and be like, okay, great. I'm, they're going to Bible study. They're doing this great thing and this great thing. And then they mess up and you get so hurt by it. But that wasn't your burden to bear. Your your job is to love them through that process and, and move them through that process and everything. And it's their job to decide whether or not they want to be with Christ. It's important that you remember that because if you think it's your job for that, then you're going to feel disheartened and it's going to hurt every time it happens. And I'm not saying that Joe Schmoe over here, you can let them hurt you as many times as they want. And then they you always love them everything. There's a grace in loving someone that may have hurt you. So there's friendships and relationships that I loved people, and they hurt me in the past, and different things like that, right? I have forgiven them, and I've given them grace, and some of them work with me now. My relationship just looks different with them now, right? But I've forgiven them, but it may not be the same that it once was. and It may never be that way again, and that's okay. See, people forget that you can forgive someone, but that doesn't mean that you have to go back to being best buds with that person, right? But you have to have forgiveness. So don't confuse that in those moments. So I know I spoke kind of some harsh things here and everything. I don't mean to, right? But some of you are saying, like, dang, Jen, like, I'm not grateful. And I really should be, right? But some of you are hearing this and you're like, I get what you're saying, but I'm hurting, right? Really hurting. I've been through some stuff, real tragedy, and it sounds like what you're offering me is a Band-Aid for a bullet wound. And gratitude isn't the cure-all for my suffering right now, right? I get that, okay? I get that on so many levels. And if I had enough time, I would share my whole life story because I've gone from having ceilings falling in on me to really terrible breakups, to family betrayal, like all kinds. Of- I'm like Job walking on earth, right? And some of you feel like you're Job walking on earth. But how are you turning that praise back to him? So you're not just Job in like all the pain, but you want to be Job and turning it back to him, right? I'm still in some of those moments, I'm navigating those ways. I don't claim to have it perfect every day. I don't. And I'll be the first to admit, I don't have it perfect. But if there's one thing that I want people to know about me and after a legacy that I live and, and leave is that I love people and that I love them unconditionally, no matter where they're at, no matter what color of their skin, no matter if they were gay or not gay. Come on. I say that here. I don't care. I'm going to love those people no matter what. My Amen. views may be different than them, okay? And that's okay to have, but I'm going to love them through whatever they're going through. Because when you show love, i got to tell you, working at Chick-fil-A, yeah, it's a Christian company, but they're not all Christians, right? And they're not. And I have some students that work for me, and one girl told me one time, and I'm going to share her story and confidence with y'all, so I'm not saying anything. Please don't go repeat really this. But she rode her bike to work, right? And she got, well, she got in a car accident earlier in the day. So she's a faithful worker. She rode her bike to work, and everything. And it was closing time. I was closing the shift. And she was about to ride her bike home in the dark. And I said, like, no, You are not doing that. You are giving me my car and i giving you a ride home. She was very hesitant about it and everything. said, like, No, it's fine. Like, So I put her bike in my car and I did her a ride home. And she's talking to she's She like, Jim. Well, I just thought you hated me for all that reason. I'm like, why would I hate you? I don't, I love you, you know, no matter what. I love you. She goes, well, I'm gay, and all pastors and Christians hate gay people. And I said, come hmm. And that hurt my heart, right? And I don't care who you are or what you believe and everything. I know what I stand for and what the Bible stands for, okay? I want you all to know that I stand for what the Bible says, but I love. Or just as much as I love you who is a Christian. And, and that's I'm so important to remember. <clears throat> it's so important to remember that we love them the same. And if you're going to go out and say something, and you know, I'm going to be as bold as I say this because it's think I it. know Don't tell them you're from this church if you're not going to love you the way Jesus loves them. And don't tell them you're from here or you're part of anything that we have to do with. because you're not loving them how Jesus wants to love them. Because the only way to bring someone into this church is by adopting, you, which is unhuman. Amen. So if that's you that feels like, "Hey, I'm still in that place. And I, I have those things going on." That I want you to know, no one here—not me, not Pastor Pete, not Pastor Heather, not any of your other pastoral staff or worship leaders anything, are here to minimize what you've been through. But we want to walk through those dark places with you. Okay, We want to know about what's going on in your life. At work, I make sure to tell them in orientation, like I said earlier, that we care about them more than the position they fill. And us asking about their life or what they have going on is not crying into them, but it's because we're genuinely concerned and wanting to walk through that process with them. And that it's important that they know that we want to walk beside them, that we don't want them to be left back over here. We want them to come with us at their own pace, in their own lane. But me as a leader, it's important that every once in a while I look back at my sheep and say, all right, come on, we need to move a little further now. You can't stay there anymore. We need to keep going further. And so that's so important to remember. You see, part of Jesus being enough is seeing that playing out in the way we weep with those who weep. Okay, we mourn with those who mourn. It's my favorite reality. Blessed are those who mourn, and they will be comforted. And I can tell you at different times in my life, people have helped comfort me in different seasons in my life. And it's so important that we remember to weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. And that's how you know Jesus is enough in your life.
1: So Jesus is really enough.
0: He knows what it means to suffer and he gave you his church to help you with your suffering and have people help walk alongside of you. That's why you have all these different age groups of different things. You have children's church, you have youth group, you have young adults, you have women's Bible study, you have men's breakfast, because, because all of those people are in different seasons of life. And coming to church just on a Sunday isn't enough to go deeper into what God wants for you. It's important to congregate and be with those people On a smaller level that you can be intimate with, that you can share things with, that you can trust with, that is very important. Now, church, we are the church, right? This is just the building, So we are the church, okay? It's our job as the church to walk alongside those who may come to you and need you. It's not our job to judge where they are or what they've been walking. And I feel that we're getting back to that place, but for so long, the church judged sin by what it was, right? So sin, is sin, no matter what. So if you're a practicing, if, you know, if you're doing this or that, do you murder someone? It's the same as living with someone out of what Okay, it's the same. Sin is sin. But I'm not going to cast that stone because I'm not wanting that in the fire. Right. So my sin, I deal with. Okay? Your sin, you deal with. It's important to not judge that person's sin because you're like, oh, my sin's a light bulb. Like, why sin? That's not, that's not real. Like, I don't know who made that up, but like we're throwing that into the fire and like burning that up. Because that's not true. Sin is sin, no matter what. So who are you to look at the speck in someone else's eye and you've got a big old plank in your mouth? It's important to know that it's just your job to walk alongside them. Help guide them through that. They don't want to ask you more questions on how to be better and different things like that if you just love them. If you just love them, they'll want to to be better for themselves and for Jesus. During hard times, it's easy to look at how someone else has it and compare and think God has withheld something for you. Hear Jesus' voice in this moment. It's easy to look at God's way, and I've questioned that, right? God, why are you withholding these things from me? Like, I, I know these are the desires of my heart. I know you've called me for these things. I know you've called me to be a mother. Like, that was a desire you gave me a long time ago. And my motherhood may look different than what I thought it would look like. I have all these little kids all over the world in the United States that, all of them call me religion, you know, and those could be my kids, you know, and that could be the different way that I look at it. But I know that sometimes it feels like God's withholding something. Something that I've held on to is that God said to me is, follow me and I promise I will sustain you in your suffering and that I am enough. Suffering is not easy. Suffering is very hard. And everyone has a different kind of Suffering. That we can all talk about the loss of a loved one, the loss of a child, the the loss of like hurt of a of a kid being astray, you know, not knowing the Lord or parents or whoever. Suffering looks different and is different in all kinds of kinds of forms, but everyone's, everyone's suffering is the same. Everyone suffers through different things they have going on in life. But remember that he will sustain you through your suffering, and that God, God is enough. So I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Pete, um, and we can go from there, if you're okay with that, Pastor. Awesome. Thank you again for letting me share with you guys today. This is a place of vulnerability for me, right? It's been over. I was talking to Pastor Pete and Heather yesterday. It's been over two and a half years since I've, I've preached anyway. And that is some of my me, and wanting to take a step back and be in different seasons. But some of it is things that I went through and uh, things that really hurt me to my core, right? But I had to go back to the place of where I had first love with Jesus, right? And I had to go back and remind myself That I'm enough in him, no matter what it may look like for my life right now. Or what it may look like in everything. And that he sustained me through all the suffering that I've been through. No matter what type of suffering that is. And that's so very important. So if you just bow your heads with me. Comparison kills. Man, comparison kills us. And I'll be the first to admit, I've compared... Father, if anyone here has had that moment of time or, or suffering or pain or loss or whatever of comparing yourself to someone else, Lord, I just pray right now that you can dismiss that in Jesus' name. That you can be our provider, that you can be our guider of everything that we have and need and even want. That you give us more than just what we need, Lord. You give us things that we want to have, and those things are good. So every person that's represented here, every family that's represented here, every person that has compared themselves to someone else, I dismiss that in Jesus' name, that that's not of you, Lord. That's not something that you want us to feel, that you want us to feel to run our race and stay in our lane and know that you are enough for us, Lord. That you are enough for every situation, God. We give you all honor and all glory in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Amen. Good word, John. Help me receive that word this morning. Let's yeah. yeah. some things. Uh, let's stand. I like that. We're gonna sing that last song again. We'll dismiss with that, but I want to ask if there's anybody here you want prayer today. I want to ask that you would uh, just be willing to come up, maybe at your seat, you can pray right there. But we'll be up here. We'll pray for you. Uh, Heather said something to me. She's like, "I Hopefully, we. I'm going to ask a question. Was this recorded? Yes. thank you, Faith. I hated to put you in. I was like, "I hope (laughs) I don't say something." She's like, "Sorry." But Heather's like. She's like, I know somebody who needs to hear this, so I'm going to get a, a copy of this, and we're going to give this message to somebody who needs to hear these things. Because one of you said a lot of good things, and i got a lot of notes here. But I love how it's it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. That's a very dangerous place when people stay somewhere too long in an unhealthy environment, in an unhealthy relationship, in an unhealthy uh, way of living. So we want to encourage you to not stay there. We want to celebrate the victory when you say, look what the Lord brought you through. If you're there today, today, just declare it's like I'm not going to stay there. God, I'm believing that you're going to you're going to bring me through this. I'm going to stay in my land. I'm going to keep my eyes where they on, on Jesus and know where you can use me greatly. So we're going to sing this song Just Be while we do this and we'll close this is our closing song. We'll release you to go, but in this moment, would you just ask God to speak to you? Maybe there's something in your life. You say, "Lord, I need this area to be surrendered to you." Amen. If you want prayer, come on up. We'll pray for you. And I ask maybe Pastor Jen, and Pastor John, and uh, any other leaders, elders, if you would help us if we need some help.